Section nine of The Diary of a Country Parson by John Woodford. Read by John Greenman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 1767, January 1st. I read prayers this morning at C. Carey Church, being New Year's Day. I dined, supped, and spent the evening till ten o'clock at Parsonage, and after ten I went over to Mr. Clark's new hospital, where I spent the whole night and part of the morning till four o'clock a dancing on account of Mr. James Clark's apprenticeship being expired. A great deal of company was there, indeed, viz., etc. We had a very good band of music, two violins, and a bass viol. We were excessive merry and gay there, indeed. He observes that Brother Highs exposed himself greatly. February 3rd. I spent the evening and supped at Ansford Inn, there being a masquerade ball there this evening, and very elegant it was, much beyond my expectation in all respects. Parson Penny, Gapper, Bailey, Whitwick, and Overton, and myself were the clergymen that were there. Brother John was in the character of a counselor, Brother Highs, King Richard III, John Burgey, Othello, Sister Jane, Shepherdess, Sally Clark, Diana Trapes, Note, who will be remembered as a character in Gay's Beggar's Opera, Cumultus Alias, all in very rich dresses, but in no particular characters. I did not dance the whole evening. We had good music, viz. four violins, a bass viol, a tabor and pipe, a haute boy and French horn played by Mr. Ford. February 9th. I got up at three o'clock this morning to brew a hogshead of strong beer. I was busy all day at the lower house, and therefore stayed there the whole day, and did not go to bed this night, as we could not ton our liquor till near two in the morning. February 12th. I got up before one this morning and brewed a three-quarter barrel of strong beer and some small beer, and had it all cool and tunned by four o'clock in the afternoon. On February 16th he takes Miss Jordan to Winkenton, the Bear, to a concert and a ball, a very genteel ball. He danced every dance with Miss Jordan from ten to four in the morning, the best dancer in the room. March 7th. I have taken for these last three mornings, one hour before breakfast, the second rind of alder stick steeped in water, and I do really think that I have gained great benefit from it, half a pint each morning. It must be near the color of claret wine, and be very good to take every spring and fall. Under date March 15th and 18th, he refers to the ungenerous action of his uncle who had been to see Miss Powell at Harding, near St. Albans, Hertz, patron of Ansford and Castle Carey Livings, to try and get them for his son, thus supplanting the diarist. He refers bitterly to his uncle. March 24th. I was bleeded this morning by Mr. James Clark, and had two ounces of blood taken from me, for which I gave him two shillings sixpence. And B. My blood was very rich, and therefore proper to be bled. April 9th. Mrs. Grant of Hambridge came early this morning, on horseback, to the lower house, and gave it to Jack for breaking of the love affair with her daughter. Mrs. Grant is too selfish. Jack does not appear to have been perturbed, as he dined at Ansford Inn with friends, and then went with them to Yeovil, 
where he remained all night. April 10th. Jack did not please at Parsonage this evening, being very much disguised in beer, but it is but seldom, and I hope will be more seldom, the more so the better. April 14th. I read prayers this morning again at C. Carey Church. I prayed for poor James Burge this morning, out of my own head, hearing he was just gone off almost in a consumption. It occasioned a great tremulation in my voice at the time. I went after prayers and saw him, and he was but just alive. He was a very good sort of a young man, and much respected. It was the evil which was stopped, and then fell upon his lungs. Grant, O oh, Almighty God, that he may be eternally happy hereafter. On April 20th his father, with Jane and John, set out for London. His father is going to see Mrs. Powell at Harding, Hertz, about the livings. The diarist himself sets out for Oxford on April 21st. On May 3rd he had a new wig and his toupee cut off and head shaved. He parted reluctantly with his toupee. On May 23rd he took his M.A. degree and stood the usual wine, rum punch, etc., to the M.C.R. and B.C.R., Masters and Bachelors Common Room. On June 2nd he returns by coach and post-chaise via Bath to Ansford, which he reaches on June 3rd. July 6th. I sent a letter this morning to Mr. Millichip, brazier in High Street, Oxford, to send me a dozen spitting-boxes. He buries a number of people during these months, as a fever rages in Castle Carry. July 24th. Aunt Anne, my father, Sister Jane, and Brother John dined and spent the whole afternoon with me at Lower House, and indeed they did me great honor by doing so. N.B. My father sent me down a couple of fowls ready toasted, and I gave them a fine ham, some beans, some greens, and a good rich raisin pudding. August 1st. I received a letter from Edward, Bishop of Bath and Wells, to desire me to transmit to him a correct list of papists or reputed papists, with an account of their age, sex, occupation, and time of residence in the parish of Castle Carry, with all convenient expedition at Wells, in order to its being laid before the House of Lords next session. September 11th. I dined and spent the afternoon at Justice Creed's with him, his father, Parson Gapper, etc. We had a noble pineapple after dinner. September 30th. I went a-fishing this morning in our great pond in Pond Close with a net of my father's, and we caught in about two hours five brace of tolerable tench. My father was with us, and I am afraid caught cold there. Jack returned from Taunton this evening with his cockade, as an ensign in the Somerset militia, and I thank God is brave. October 10th. My father let Jack have this morning sixty pounds to equip himself for the Somerset militia, he being an ensign in it. October 11th. Mr. Will Mellier sent me a note this morning to desire me to be at the meeting of the gentlemen, etc., of this county at Bridgewater to-morrow to put in nomination two proper persons to represent this county in Parliament, the ensuing Parliament, and it was so civil a note that I could not refuse him. October 12th, after breakfast, about six o'clock, 
I set forth for Bridgewater in Ansford Inn, post-chase, in which I went to Piper's Inn, where I took another, and went to Catcott and Mrs. William Melliers there, where I made another breakfast with Mr. William Millier, his wife and daughter, Agatha Clark, and Councillor Millier. After breakfasting at Catcott, I went to Bridgewater in Piper's Inn chaise. Mr. William Millier and his brother went with me in Councillor Millier's chaise. There was scarce ever seen so numerous an assembly on such an occasion. We put up our horses at the Globe Inn in Bridgewater. We dined at the Swan, with near fourscore gentlemen of the first rank in the country. For our ordinary we each paid three shillings, for wine, fruit, and servants paid one shilling sixpence. At two o'clock we all went to the town hall, and Sir Charles Tynte and Mr. Cox, lieutenant-colonel of the Somerset Militia, were the two persons put in nomination, they having by much the majority. Mr. Trevelyan opposed them, and is determined to stand the poll at the elections, though desired by his friends to relinquish it then. Mr. Mildmay, Sergeant Burland, Sir Abraham Elton, the sheriff, Mr. Provis, Jr. of Shepton Mallet, and Peter Taylor spoke in the hall for Sir Charles and Mr. Cox. Sir William Hoff, a very mean fellow, and Major Putt and Mr. Allen, both very clever men, for Trevelyan. We were all handsomely squeezed in the hall. Sir Charles Tynte spoke and cleared himself from the imputation he laid under concerning the cider tax. Mr. Cox spoke, and most elegantly and genteelly. Old Mr. Cox spoke very well with regard to his son. At the Globe Inn in Bridgewater, Barber, etc., paid two shillings sixpence. I returned in the evening in Piper's Inn post-chaise, which I kept there, with Mr. Mellier and his brother at Catcott, where I supped and slept at Mr. Mellier's. I gave Piper's Inn post-chaise man two shillings sixpence. At whist this evening at Catcott with Councillor Mellier, against his brother and his wife, one two shillings sixpence. October 20th, I buried poor Richard Collins, late servant to Uncle Tom, this afternoon at C. Carey, who died mad in the fever that rages in these parts. It is called the putrid fever. October 23rd. Young Mr. Thomas Francis died this morning in the fever. He has had the fever most violently, quite frantic. From this fever, good Lord, deliver us, if it be thy good will. October 24th. An old hare and a young hare were seen in my garden today. October 25th. I read prayers and preached this morning at C. Carey Church, it being the king's accession to the throne. I read the service appointed for it throughout to the sermon. I did not use to read this service on common days, but as it happened now on a Sunday I was obliged to, as directed. This day did not use to be my prayer day, on common days for years back at C. Carey, that is, not since George's the second. November 7th. Brother John returned this morning from Taunton, and he dined, supped, etc., at Parsonage, and slept at the lower house. Jack becomes his regimentals very well. November 24th. For five gallons of rum, being part of a puncheon divided among several gentlemen at Dr. Clark's this morning at eight shillings ninepence per gallon, paid two pounds three shillings ninepence. 
Colonel Cox's brother and Mr. William Mellier waited on me this morning at the lower house, and desired my vote for Sir Charles Tyte and his brother, Colonel Cox, which I promised him. They stayed with me but a little time. November 28th. I lent Mrs. Mellier the three last volumes of The Connoisseur this morning, and she lent me the six volumes of Tom Jones. December 3rd. My man, Luke Barnard, acquainted me this morning that he did not like his wages, and unless I would raise them, he must leave me, which he is to do at Lady Day next, and his year being up yesterday, I am to give him at the rate of five pounds a year till Lady Day, without any new clothes, etc. I am not very sorry. He is a willing fellow, but indolent, and too fond of cider. He is going to farm, that is the reason of his leaving me. Mrs. Mellier was fashionably frightened into a fit by a cat after supper at the doctor's, where there was a party, but soon well. December 11th. I dined, supped, and spent the evening at Justice Creed's, with him, his father, Mrs. Betty Baker, her three nieces of Bridgewater, that is, Miss Baker, rather ordinary, Miss Betsy, very pretty, and Miss Suki, very middling, rather pretty than otherwise, all very sensible and agreeable, and quite fine ladies, both in behavior and dress and fortunes. December 22nd great bandying at Ansford Inn today on account of Mr. Trevelyan's candidate for the county of Somerset at the coming election, giving a dinner to his friends, which were the lower sort of people. December 26th. Jack supped and spent his evening at the Catherine Wheel, and was out late. It is very disagreeable, his way of life. End of Section 9, 1767